think one of the nice things about having your own website that the hosts don't really let you do is being able to really brand it and design it to feel like your site. You know, a, a, a true crime podcast site um, should have a totally different feeling website than, you know, a, a, a new mom's podcast site or, uh, you know, something like that. So when you think about someone coming to your website, they're like, they're a user and they need their first user experience to kind of understand what you're all about. And if your site looks exactly like everyone else's, they have to then read and people don't generally like to read. So, so making it really visual and making it feel, getting the person to feel like you want them to feel, um, is, I think is really important. Welcome back to Podcast Launchpad. I'm Kelly. In episode 64, you heard me talk about whether you should have a standalone website for your podcast or put your podcast on a blog on your business website. So today, my guests and I are going to talk about what you should do if you are going to have a standalone website for your show, what options you have, what needs to go into it, why SEO is so important, and why you should consider using PodPage. My guest is Brendan Mulligan. Brendan is the founder of PodPage, a platform that makes it incredibly easy to create a website for your podcast, literally in just a few clicks. He's also the founder of multiple other companies, several of which he went on to sell to larger companies, including Google. Welcome, Brendan. I am so happy to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Great to Absol be here. Absolutely. So I've shared with listeners in the past that it can be helpful to put your podcast on a blog on your business website when you want to promote your services. But sometimes you just need or want to have a standalone website for your podcast. So can you tell us why having a standalone website can be really beneficial? I think for the most part, the if a website is totally geared around one topic, which meaning like a, a podcast, it's going to have a much better chance in being recommended to your average person who's Googling something about that topic. And so if you have, um, you know, I always, for some reason, I don't know why I started, but use the hardware store as an example. Like if you have like a, um, a hardware store and you want to do a podcast about fixing things, um, if you want that podcast to grow on its own and be sort of have a, a unique audience, and it's not super important that people find the hardware store, you just want to build the brand of the, the podcast. Generally, I recommend just having your own website for the podcast. And then people who come to your website aren't kind of confused. Am I here for a podcast or here for this other service or bunch of services? Um, and I think that, that you get a much bigger bang for your buck when it comes to search engine optimization. If someone's searching for the, the name of your podcast and the whole website's dedicated to it, the domain name is dedicated to it. Um, I think you're going to convince Google a lot faster that you're the authority for those keywords and, mm. and that name um, versus having it sort of buried underneath uh, other content that's on your site. But that like means you said, there's some people who, who the podcast isn't the thing they want the front and center. In that case, you know, having it as a part of your website is fine. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And even for service providers who do want people to check out their services, if their podcast isn't like exactly related to their services, then I can see them having a separate standalone website for their podcast. And they can still have a link that then goes back to their business website mm -hmm. and that feeds them there. It's, it's still just one click. Yes, yes. So that makes sense. So unless cost is a significant issue, I always recommend against using the free web page that comes with your podcast hosting provider. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I just don't find them robust. They're really not customizable. What's your opinion on that? I think that when I usually talk about websites, I think there are three stages. There's the brand new beginner getting started podcast website um, for your host. There's the pod page phase, which is 90% of people, 80% of people. And then there's the WordPress stage when you really, really need ultimate customization because your podcast is so profitable and you've just, you're doing so well that you need things that pod page doesn't survive or provide. Um, that, that first phase, you know, if you really are on a budget, uh, and you have a podcast host that has a good looking website, I think you, you're doing yourself a disservice by not at least trying the website out and mm-hmm. putting your own custom domain at it. Because, you know, even if you're trying to figure out what you're going to do for your website in the future, if you're going to be without a website for a few months, but you have a podcast host website that, that works, mm-hmm. um, getting the domain name on there and at least starting to teach Google, like, Hey, this is, this is my domain is, a, is generally a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, it that just it wildly varies on the quality of the website that you're going to get with your host, depending on who your host is. Some hosts have chosen to put a lot more time and effort into a great website experience, where others totally ignore it. And to be totally honest, that's not really a dig against anyone ignoring it. My, my personal feeling is um, in our industry, you know, it's good to find a service provider who is solely focused on providing the best of one type of service. And um, generally, you're not going to have the best experience if you try to find someone who who tries to provide all kinds of services. So from, I think, the second week of PodPage, people have said, well, can you do hosting also? And we've been very intentional to not get into that space because there's some really, really amazing hosts out there. They have big teams that focus every day on building a great hosting and distribution experience. I don't want us to be thinking about that. I want to be thinking about building a great website experience. And so those hosts, generally, if they're good hosts, they're not going to have spent a lot of time thinking about websites. So I think eventually you'll find that the, the sites are not feature rich or lack what lack certain things that you're probably going to want. But it's a good place to start. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And we'll get to all the features of PodPage in, in a little bit, but... I just, okay, we'll, we'll save that. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a great point for just starting out and definitely getting the URL for your podcast. Always recommend that you should get that right away. Ideally, just the name of your podcast. If you have to add podcasts to it, I am still waiting for the dot podcast to exist. Wouldn't (laughs) that be awesome? I think it'll be nice. I mean, you know, here, I think it would be nice, but I, I feel like there have been so many new domain extensions that have come out over the past few years. It's gotten kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lost track of them. And if you were to tell me there was a dot podcast, I'd probably believe you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the average listener gets really weirded out when they see like a www.something.club or something yeah. dot, you know. And so uh, just seeing how people enter domain names on Podpage when they're setting up their custom domains, I wouldn't be surprised if podcast came out if people still tried to type you know uh podcast launchpad dot podcast.com because they just don't understand the dot podcast is right. the end of it so That's i think true. it would be nice but I, I don't know if it really would solve a problem true it would just make more domain names available mm-hmm. is all but yeah everyone automatically assumes it's a dot com for sure yeah. for sure so when people set up a standalone website for their show what are the essential features that they need to include in it um, you know, I think that, 
I won't go into the obvious things like you should have episodes on your website, but I think one of the, one of the biggest benefits of setting up a page, and actually this is where several of the hosting sites fall short a little bit is um, having like a robust page for each episode is a really good thing to do for search engines and in general for listeners, right? right. Um, if all, if you go to your website and either you just have one player on the front page that has all your, all your episodes um, and you don't have individual episode pages or you build individual episode pages, but there's really nothing on them. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It's, it's just not, you're not getting a big bang for your buck. And so it's, it's kind of, it's basic, but there's a lot of ways that you can structure those episode pages, structure the URLs for the episode pages, um, structure quick links to get to them, all that stuff. That's really, really beneficial both to your listeners and to search engines like Google to find it and figure out what's on those pages. So absolute critical thing is just having like a, a well-structured site that has a, a page for each episode and that, and ideally you don't need to go into your, your, uh, your website provider and set up each of those episode pages. Every time you release an episode, it all just happens kind of automatically. Mm -hmm. um, outside of that, I think it kind of depends on the, the, the actual podcast. I mean, if you're a podcast that has a certain brand and personality, I think one of the nice things about having your own website that the hosts don't really let you do is being able to really brand it and design it to feel like your site, you know, a, a, a true crime podcast site um, should have a totally different feeling website than, you know, a, a, a new mom's podcast site or, uh, you know, something like that. So when you think about someone coming to your website, they're like, they're a user and they need their first user experience to kind of understand what you're all about. And if your site looks exactly like everyone else's, they have to then read and people don't generally like to read. So, so making it really visual and making it, feel getting the person to feel like you want them to feel um, is I think is really important. And then one thing that we do, um, we let you put sort of featured episodes at the very top of your website. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, the, I don't actually have the data to prove like this is exactly the pattern, but I think a good assumption would be people find out about your new episodes on um, let's say Twitter and they've never heard of you before. And so they click in, they go to your website, and the first time they hit your website, you probably should serve up the best content that they could possibly want, right? Like if you have an episode that did 10 times better than all of your other ones, that's the one that you should probably tell people, even if it's a year old, like if it's still tracking and showing that that's the one that everyone loves, that's probably a better first step because I think when someone comes to your website, you're just trying to get them to get into the content and then get into whatever player they use and hit subscribe. And then you don't really, you know, they might, that listener doesn't necessarily need to come back to your website every time. Right. Um, they're already getting the alerts through Spotify or through Apple or, you know, whatever they're listening through. So I just think like thinking about people who come to your website as like new users and really making sure that you're, you're being very clear about what you're offering and why your podcast is great. Um, I think is, is really important. And then if you can, I think it's really nice to have a way to collect email addresses so you can reach out to them one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and you can use, you know, widgets from any of the top email providers, um, this is something I'm surprised that hosts don't do. I mean, PodPage lets you just collect email addresses. Um, it doesn't alert people. It's not an email list provider, again, because we're trying to focus. But mm -hmm. we make it really easy for at least you to collect email addresses, and you can then pull them into MailChimp or wherever you want. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, you should – that, and you just need that because, you know, most of the – most podcasters' relationship with their listeners goes through an intermediary, a really right. amazing intermediary – like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, which make it easy for them to distribute their content for free. So it's like the trade-off is it's an amazing experience for you and the listener. But mm -hmm. if 
Apple and Spotify go away, you lose complete control of your listenership. And so right. getting like an email address for them to be able to, to, you know, at least have a one-on-one relationship if you want to, is a good thing to do. Yeah, because we have no idea exactly who's listening to our show going through the podcast apps. No idea. Yeah. You know, we don't mm -hmm. have their names, email addresses, social media handles or anything. Mm -hmm. So to get them to our website and get them on our list really is ideal. So like you said, we can maintain those relationships, reach out to them personally through our newsletters and all of that maintains those relationship relationships and allows for audience engagement as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So that's great. And like you said, having separate pages for each episode really boosts SEO. Because without that, if it's just one single page that lists all the episodes or just a, the few most recent episodes, that does nothing for SEO. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah. that's uh, just one page. Google likes to see a lot of pages, up, a website that's updated frequently where you're continually creating new, fresh content. Yeah, exactly. So, awesome. All right, so let's talk about the specifics of PodPage. What inspired you to create it? Um, I came from the music industry 10 years ago, uh, and this is dating myself, but I was back when MySpace was popular. And this is what I saw with MySpace um, was a lot of musicians, we would spend oodles of money building up their fan bases on MySpace. And then MySpace disappeared or, you know, started crumbling. No one wanted to use it anymore. And we literally lost millions of fans, you know, contacted millions of fans. The way that we would contact them before was we would put our music on MySpace and then post a message or whatever. Right. And that was, a, it was amazing. It was a great free distribution channel. Mm -hmm. um, but when the platform faltered, we had to start over. And so uh, there was a big movement in the music space to move everyone to their own website to make, um, to get everyone in websites and email lists was the thing. And that is a trend that I have never seen go away. And so um, I, I started seeing podcasters making the same exact mistakes uh, that, that musicians did mm -hmm. 10 years, 15 years ago. And so I started searching for podcasts. This was, three years ago, I started looking for podcasts that I listened to and looking for their websites. And I would say, you know, the ones that had a lot of money and a big team were able to build their own sites and they looked nice, but most people just didn't. And so you'd search for them on Google and the first hit was a Spreaker link or an Apple link or whatever. It wasn't their surface. And, um, and I just was, I just was like, this is going to happen again. I don't, it might not be, you know, these services will probably not go away completely, but you know, we're already seeing this massive shift for some people from, you know, whatever they were listening to on Android uh, over to Spotify. And we're seeing Spotify having like gated content and moving people off of Apple. And so like, I don't know, you just all of you, you know, I'm seeing like if these platforms decide to change their algorithm or change anything, you're sort of, uh, you have to deal with that. Yeah. And so I was kind of watching history repeat itself and was like, I think the issue when I talked to podcasters where they were saying it's, Kind of a pain to set up WordPress. Um, I don't really, I'm, you know, I'm not a web developer. I don't know how to do it. Uh, and it, the excuses were all it was too hard or it was too expensive. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to um, take what what we had done. I actually built a website platform for musicians ten years ago, and take that whole the ethos there and just move it into the podcasting space. Mm -hmm. So it started as not really. It wasn't going to be 
it wasn't even called Podpage. I think I forget what it was first called. The dom- Podpage domain wasn't available, and so I called it something else. And um, it was just supposed to be for a couple friends that had podcasts and just like as an experiment. And then what we saw was when we got them a domain name, it was like almost instant, meaning like you know, within a few weeks to months that their website came up number one on Google because they got their own domain name. And Google, as powerful as like Apple and all these other services are, Google's generally going to say, all right, if like the podcast launch pads, podcast, you know, website, if they have their own website with their own domain that says podcast launchpad podcast.com or whatever, um, even though that's a tiny site that might only get a couple hundred people to visit it a month, and apple.com slash podcast launchpad, Apple is a you know trillion dollar company and that site gets so many more views. We're still going to make the assumption that the, the solo site that doesn't have all this other content on it is the authority. And that's yeah. what we should serve people first. And that was sort of this like, oh my God. And, the, and what's cool about podcasting that I've never seen anywhere else is if you put your podcast website in your feed, which every host lets you put your own website link in there, it turns into the link part of the metadata. That link is then distributed to hundreds of websites that if a lot of them will say like official, like have a button on their site to the official website. So Google, the way this works is Google has already looked at podchaser.com and it's already indexed your podcast on all of these player sites, the Google podcast page for your player or your, and suddenly you build a website and you swap that link out and all these hundred pages are all pointing to the same place to get more information. And that's your mm-hmm. website. And so Google goes, Oh my God, that must mean that this is the authority. Mm-hmm. And so there's never, I've never seen anything where you basically can like do link sharing instantly across the board so easily. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, a lot of times like a big SEO strategy is getting backlinks. Yes. And you call everyone, oh, can you link to my site? And you already have this whole network of backlinks built in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think like for Google, even like kind of podcasts that no one's ever heard of, they can still rank pretty well, pretty quickly um, if they build their own, uh, put their own domain up. So we have a little a feature, not a feature, but like an explainer, because a lot of people set up a podcast website and forget to do that. And it's like yeah. the biggest low hanging fruit. They're like, oh, I'm not showing up on Google. And it's like, well, it's because your podcast feed is still linking to your Buzzsprout, like random page. Right. And Google doesn't really consider that to be a homepage. So they're not going to point people to it. And so yeah. you swap that out and suddenly it just starts going. So Yeah. That is awesome. awesome. Yeah. And that that's true with even people who don't have a podcast and they keep their website name, you know, mywebsite.squarespace.com. That's yeah. not going to rank because it's got dot .squarespace mm-hmm. in there or whatever, you know, Wix, whatever website builder they're using. Exactly. So Yeah, so your question was, why did I start it? I started it because there's this, it was a big opportunity for podcasters to be able to do something. And I said, if I can make it incredibly easy, like almost no effort at all to create the site, and I can make it no effort at all to maintain the site, then it seems like this is a win-win for everyone. And so... Um, built it in a way where it ingests the feed. It makes a lot of like, you know, you, you set just a couple, a couple settings. You say like, here's the cut my color. Here's a banner image. But for the most, and then like you type in your podcast name and in 30 seconds, you see 16 different website templates. That is your actual content on the website. It's not like a random website template. It's your stuff. Um, And you, you literally just click through. It's like, it usually takes about, if you don't really want to customize anything, it's 30 seconds to build a website, but it's like five minutes to make it yours. Yeah. And then um, every time you release an episode, we pull in your episodes, we pull in reviews from Apple. We pull, you know, it's, 
it just happens automatically. So you can kind of set it and forget it and you never have to go back to it. Yeah. Um, if you want to dive deeper, you can also take the each episode page and add images and add videos and do all kinds of other stuff. If you transcripts, if you want to do that, but you also can set it and forget it and not have to think about it. It's amazing. Like I said earlier, it's what I recommend to people now who want a standalone website. And, you know, like you said, one day, it, you know, if, if they're huge and have the budget, then yes, they can do a WordPress website. But for now, PodPage, and when I set mine up, like you said, yes, I, I gave the system my podcast in seconds. It created my 16 potential designs. I chose one separate page for each episode. You know, I did just a tiny bit of tweaking and there are the buttons for review on Apple podcasts, review on Spotify, brought in the reviews I already had. Just stunning, amazing. And yes, updates every time I release a new episode. It could not be simpler. And I'm even a website designer. I used to be a website designer. And it just, and, and they're beautiful. So I'm <laughs> really, really picky about design, you know? And that's why I just hate <laughs> the web pages that come with the website, uh, the podcast hosting providers, mm -hmm. because of how little customization you can do and, and just so many things. They just tend to be really ugly. And I, you know, understand why based on what you were saying earlier. They just can't focus on that because as they should be, they're focused on hosting. Yeah. But I just know I'm not going to use those. So PodPage, just beautiful designs. 16 choices is more than enough. And yeah. Um, I think that, that we try to be really honest with people. Uh, around like what we're good at and what we're not good at. And it's funny when people kind of uh, complain because we usually tell, their, tell people up front, like, hey, if you want a ton of customization, if you're the type of person who wants like the buttons to be a certain border radius and font size, or you want text to be different colors in different places and all that, like I totally, res I, I have a lot of respect for someone who has a very, very keen design sense on what they want for their brand. And I think that that's awesome that that type of person shouldn't be using like an out of the box website builder. They should go and do it on WordPress, which I think is great. Um, but there, you know, the, our biggest limitation is customization where you want to come in. If you want it to like, if you want to change pixel by pixel, or if you want to do all kinds of custom stuff, like we always just celebrate you going to WordPress because that means that you probably are either successful, like, cause that stuff matters to you. And so therefore go, go do it. Um, but if not, like, I think we build the, the best product out there that just gives you everything you need. And I think it is, is way more than what people expect. Um, you know, we have a lot of built-in features around listener uh, engagement, which you kind of have to string together a ton of plugins on WordPress yes. to make it work. But yes. we've got like commenting on all the pages if you want it. We've got uh, voicemails. People can leave you voicemails and you can download the audio files and we've got ways for you, like you said, you can rate the podcast on all the players. You can also leave a rating directly on the website if you want to. Like, there's just a lot of, a lot of ways that like we can help you engage with your listeners. Um, because ultimately that's kind of the goal is to yeah. build these relationships with the listeners. And so I think that, um, it's a trade off and people just kind of have to figure out what they want. Uh, you know, do I want total control, but have to pay someone to set up, you know, the site and maintain it and all that, which is, again, there's people who fall into that category. Right. Um, or am I willing to give up a little bit of customization and get 
other things, you know, to make it really easy. So that's, that's kind of where we are. I mean, the, the majority of people who cancel their accounts um, are canceling them because they're ending their podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like a staggering number of cancellations because we always ask and they say, oh, I'm canceling it because I'm canceling my podcast. It's not oh, because. Um, just sad. Pod fade. You know, it's funny. We actually built a pod fade and we called it a pod fade uh, account. And I think I forget who in the industry said that that's a mean way of putting it. So we just changed, called it the legacy account. Okay. But when someone would say, I want to cancel my podcast, we said, well, you've got all this great content. You built SEO we will let you can keep your website. You can't edit it anymore and it won't import episodes, but it'll stay alive and it'll live on. And I think it was like something stupid inexpensive. It was like 20 bucks a year just to like, keep it up. And I thought I was like, this will basically convert all the people who want to leave to that. And then they're happy and we get to keep the content up. And all. I think like 2% of people actually oh. took that, took the option. And yeah. I think they were just like, no, I'm done with my podcast. I'm done with my podcast. And so, yeah. which is great. I mean, I, I to get that sort of clear out the, yeah. um, clear out the things you're doing before. But. And that's, you know, a fascinating and separate topic, legacy podcasts, because they still have to pay a podcast hosting provider to keep it up. And I haven't dug deeply into that topic. I know that there is information out there on legacy, legacy podcasts. And I think that there are some hosting providers who that cost less where you can host and not upload any new episodes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, that's important. You know, if you want to end your podcast, but not have it disappear, then mm -hmm. you have to figure out what you're going to do about that. And you want to yeah. maintain a web presence as well. Yeah, I, I, I know a couple. I know a couple of hosts that have you know very reasonably priced uh, podcast legacy plans. But again, it's like you know if you're, it could be fifty bucks a year or something like that. And that you, yeah. if you have zero interest in that podcast, if you're like oh, that was a part of my life that I don't I'm beyond yeah. right. Like yeah, yeah. I've, I've deleted ready. a lot of websites that used to be on the internet, even though keeping them up would be free. It was just it clears it out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I've done that too. Yeah. Yeah. So many. <laughs> and with that audience engagement part as well, leaving comments and especially the voice messages, you can read those comments in future episodes. You could insert those voice messages into episodes and you can tell people that in your show. Hey, go leave me a comment. Go leave me a voice message and I will read it or play it in future episodes because some listeners love that. They would love to sort of be featured on the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's it's a really, to me, it's low-hanging fruit to get getting listeners interested in sort of uh, engaging with you, right? Yeah. It's, I think, um, you know, we've got an upgrade to the commenting system coming, but we use, uh, we have a few different third-party commenting systems that you can integrate depending on what you want, Facebook or Discuss or mm. Hiber. Um, but, you know, if you are if you have an interesting episode, you've got all these listeners who are listening and they all probably have thoughts and where are they going to talk to each other? And so by building a, like a, a commenting section on your actual episode page on your website, it lets people actually discuss the episode, which I think mm -hmm. is kind of a no-brainer. You know, you yeah. want people to, to be engaging with each other and then they're more interested. So, um, so that's a big, that's a big opportunity and it's really easy to set up. And then the other opportunity would be, um, 
would be the voicemails. I mean, I've seen a lot of people get a lot of great engagement by saying, Hey, you know, like I want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Just go to the website and click the microphone button and talk. It's such an easy thing to do. You're not, you're not posting something on the internet forever. You're just sending me a message. And if you can get, give them a re, even a better reason to do it, like I'm going to play, you know, some of the best ones on the episode next week. Like, yeah, it's, it's just sort of an easy and it's good content for you and it's good feedback yes. for you. Yes, um, exactly. You know, I think that's one of the things that, you know, it seems a little self-serving to say like, oh, you're trying to get people to engage because you're hoping they're going to share your content or whatever. It's also so you get feedback from your listeners and how you're doing, like to make sure you're connecting with them. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Our shows are totally, li- should be totally listener centric. And so to get that feedback is totally invaluable and mm-hmm. can be hard to get. Yeah. So. Yeah. We have to ask really and have a place to make it easy f- to get it. I don't know if you have the data here, and I can't remember who said this at, at PodFest, but it was some remarkably low number of people you need to listen to your episode each week in the first like seven days for Apple to consider it like a top 50 podcast or top mm-hmm. 100 podcast or top 1,000. I don't remember, but it was like in the hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got 400 people to listen in the first week, you're you, – you're actually doing really, really well, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it actually is for anyone who's podcast. It's, it's very hard to get people to listen. And so, um, but it's a really easy way to get them to listen when you can actually like, that's not that many relationships that you need to maintain. I mean, we all have, we all have, you know, business relationships that probably number in the hundreds. So if you can just get your, you know, build part of your life to be like, all right, I'm just going to have like a couple 500 people that I'm going to try to engage with you know, over the course of a year, you build up 500 people to listen and suddenly your, your podcast is doing really well in the charts. So, yeah, um, it doesn't really work when you're just talking to the boy and you're not willing to start a conversation with people. Right. Very true. So how does PodPage help with audience growth? When we talked about the SEO that, mm-hmm. you know, it automatically creates separate pages for each episode. So that's essential. Yeah. So we do our best we can on SEO. We do the best we can to set it up so you can grow your audience really well, but we don't have any sort of um, any like marketing tools. That's another one of those areas that I kind of learned this from the music space where it's like, if you, if they think you're going to help them get listeners when you don't have listeners yet, you're, you know, for musicians get fans, it never really works out. You know, the, it's ultimately the creator needs to go find their fans and, but getting them the tools to be able to focus on finding their fans as opposed to focusing on building a website um, it's kind of our goal. So yeah, we try to set you up for success with SEO. We try to give you a lot of audience engagement tools. Um, we have social media posting that will, every time you release a new episode, a new thing will get posted to Twitter. Um, Ooh. hopefully going to be adding, uh, an email alert version of that soon. Mm-hmm. So at least like, you know, you can make sure that your, your fans are actually knowing that you're getting, cause you can't control whether they turn notifications off or not on right. Twitter. And so trying to like roll out things that sort of, again, we're automating the basics, but you still have to go out there and hustle to, to find your listeners, to get on other people's podcasts. I do want to add a way, because we have such a huge network of podcasters at this point, I want to add a way for them to connect with each other. So you can go in and you can say, all right, like, I forget, I don't know if there's a term for it, but you know, I'm going to be on your podcast, you'd be on my podcast so we can share our audiences and like finding and connecting with other people who are open to doing that, I think is an opportunity that we don't really surface to our members. Yeah. Um, so it's like, these are things that I want to do, but I want, if we do it, I want to do it well. And I want to make sure that it's something that is useful. And whenever you go into like that area, you're like, Oh, well, how many quality connections will I be able to forge versus kind of, uh, 
people feeling they're getting spam from people. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's more challenging than just putting like a connect button on there. So I want to do a lot, but I, I'd like to help figure that part out. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, you know, I think, I think of it as more of a tool that we get people and then they can mm-hmm. choose how to, how to use it. That makes sense. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And like you said, your focus is on helping podcasters create the best standalone website they can really easily. So yeah, having the connections between them or or other people reaching out is Mm -hmm. not quite as important, but yeah, if you can do it well, that would be awesome. Yeah. So anything else you're planning on rolling out in the future or working on rolling out in the future that you can, that's that's the big one is, is figuring out if we want to take the step on, and we've been talking to our community about it, um, take the step on more, uh, handholding when it comes to sort of the, some of the marketing stuff, you know, we have very basic marketing features. Um, it just takes, it's, it's, there's a lot of work that goes into like doing them well, and we don't yeah. want to do them if we can't, if we feel like we're not really adding much to the market. Yeah. So that's, um, that's a big one. The, you know, we've always got, uh, we always have like work being done on site performance and speed and optimization. That's been one of the biggest challenges with building like a, a website platform that spans, you know, tens of thousands of websites is yeah. uh, making, they're all sitting on the same, the same infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And so if one of them gets targeted for bot attacks or whatever, it actually affects all of them. And so mm-hmm. making sure it like, and it, you know, it's like whack-a-mole as soon as we fix one thing, another thing pops up. Uh, uh. And so, you know, it's like every time I want to, I want to build features, but I also want to make sure that, you know, we're, sort of not buckling under our success because we just have so many websites at this point. Um, And so we're constantly doing that. We have a big, um, it's been, it's been a little bit, we've got a big audit on, uh, you know, making sure that again, that there, we're always trying to do audits on SEO and making sure that we've built all the best practices in Um, podcasting 2.0 and the Mm. podcast index stuff is, is on the roadmap to support a lot of the new fields um, that, that, that are in there. Uh, we just did a big upgrade to make the, uh, the websites, uh, update faster when you release a new episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so it should, for most customers, you know, when you release your episode, it should update very quickly. If you are someone who releases constant episodes, if you're someone who releases one episode every six months, it might not update 10 minutes after you release it. Cause we're kind of looking at your behavior and saying like, all right, well, for the people who are doing weekly episodes, let's be checking constantly. So we get that new episode really quickly. Yeah. But if you're, you know, if you haven't updated for six months, we don't need to take up, put that, put that in line. So, you know, it's just like, it's all those small tweaks to try to like uh, generally give a better user experience and yeah. get what people want, which is like getting their stuff up. And yeah. Running, so y'all update mine right away. Oh, cool. Uh, a new episode has been synced. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, that's like, it's like, this is the stuff that we do behind the scenes and it ends up being a lot of work and no one really, we never like really announce it because we just, it's kind of part of the core service, but we're mm-hmm. looking at, Oh, if you do three times a week, we're actually looking Oh, the last episode was only three days ago. Let's be checking. Let's be checking. Let's be checking. And then wow. if, if you stopped, if you stopped updating, we would slowly stop checking as much oh, because wow. it's sort of like, cause we looked at, we realized that all of our, these customers that are, um, that are paying us and that have these like websites that are, um, you know, important to their business, they were kind of getting in the same list as all the people who sort of pod faded. Oh, and so okay. we just, you know, made some, made some changes on the back end of how we, how we do this. So, so that's a lot of the work that we do is to try to just keep these things going 
um, get it, make them faster, all that. So that's amazing. Yeah, I hadn't yeah. thought of that before, but that makes total sense. Yeah, that you don't need to be checking everyone's feeds every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's gosh. there's a in in the new world there's a thing called pod ping, which you don't even have to check the feed. The feed will tell you if there's new stuff. So yeah. that's that's we're gonna add that, um, cool. and so that'll make that easier. So it's just you know I think a lot of these a lot of times when you see a product, regardless of what it is, released in the, in the first like year or two, it's just feature, 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 mm -hmm. and then you sort of build the product that everyone wants, and then it just turns to optimization, optimization. And as a user, you stop seeing new stuff released, but hopefully yeah. the service continues to get better. You just, it's not quite as obvious right. why. And that's typically when a lot of, a lot of services will do redesigns where they don't really add anything. They just kind of move stuff around because yeah. um, it makes it feel fresh, even though right. they don't add anything new. Right. So, that makes uh, sense. Yeah. But yeah, we're, we're constantly, we've got a Facebook group that we're constantly saying like, what else do you want? And we just don't get a lot. A lot of people are like, you built kind of everything I need. The things I want are going to be the things I need to go to WordPress to get. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. Uh, feel pretty good about where, where the product is overall. That's awesome. All right. So we basically already told people how to get started, but go ahead and let, you know, let's sum it up for them. Uh, yeah. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel quite as um, complicated as it should, but you literally go to podpage.com, you click get started and you write, you know, you type in the name of your podcast. And if you're on Apple, it'll pull it up. It'll grab all the info. It'll create a website in 30 seconds. Um, if you're not on Apple, cause you haven't launched your, your site yet, but you have your RSS feed, you can just put your RSS feed in and it'll do the same thing. But, um, but it should, I mean, you don't have to create a user account, you know, to give us, you know, you don't have to set up an account or anything. You can just see what your website's going to look like. And that's generally what I tell people who are asking me, like, should I go with you versus WordPress or, you know, some other certain, like, just go try it. Mm -hmm. it costs nothing. It takes two minutes. Um, it's fine if you try it, you don't want it. Like it doesn't hurt us. So just go and see it. And then you can figure out if it's what you want. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it really is incredibly easy just to get started and see if it's something that you want to use. So, yeah. um, and then, you know, then you can, you can sign up it's for the first 14 days. You have access to all the features. You can play around with whatever you want. Um, totally for free. You don't have to add a credit card or do it. There's no free trial necessarily like where you have to you put a credit card in and you will, it's just, it's just open and free. Mm -hmm. And then, um, if you want to upgrade attach your own domain, you can do that. Um, we've got a couple different pricing tiers and, um, so pretty, pretty straightforward and accessible for people. Yeah. It's incredibly easy. So beautiful. And yeah, just amazing. Highly recommend. So yeah, well, if you do come and sign up, please also send, you'll get an email from me when you sign up and I've been, that's how we've collected all the feedback we've ever gotten. I mean, the whole mm -hmm. site, every feature you see is there because a podcaster or a set of podcasters asked us to add that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and that only happens when people actually get feedback. So um, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So if you use it, be be honest with feedback. Very cool. Thank you so much, Brendan. This was awesome having you here today and discussing all of this podcast, standalone websites in general, and PodPage specifically. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you all for being here today. Be sure to follow so you don't miss a single episode. And I will see you next time on Podcast Launchpad. Thank you.